Hello and welcome everyone to episode 44 of the Booth Review, our final episode of 2020. My name is Dominic Kosher, I'm joined by Jack Leach, and for the first time in Booth Review history, we decided to have not just one guest in studio, Jack, but two. Dulce, we have two guests in studio today. Uh, We have Spencer Goldberg and Chris McCoy also on the show. They're both juniors at Lindenwood, and they both like to talk sports. So that's why they're in studio. And uh, first, Jack, I'm going to start with you. How excited are you to be here for our final episode on this calendar year? It's a little sad, but we got like kind of a little holiday theme going, a little Thanksgiving edition. We'll talk about the Thanksgiving stuff, NFL stuff. But we also, one of the first things we got on the board for today, we got a little group discussion going on. We got Chris McCoy, Chris McCoy and Spencer Goldberg here. We'll talk about some sports with them, some of their favorite uh, teams, some of their favorite uh, topics to talk about. So I'm excited. How are you guys doing, though? Yeah. Doing pretty good, you know. Doing pretty um, good? Yeah, just been chilling. Excited to be here. Me as well. I mean, thanks uh, for having me on again, guys. Uh, should be a good show, and let's get it going. So Goldberg, uh, Spencer Goldberg was the most recent one to talk. Chris McCoy, uh, with a little bit of a lighter voice, he was the one to talk right before Spencer Goldberg. So if you guys uh, don't know these two fine gentlemen, uh, that's how you can distinguish between the two throughout the show. But before we get to our group discussion with them, of course, we have to give you our picks of the week in terms of fantasy. But first, in our NFL matchups of the week as well, Tennessee Titans and Baltimore Ravens. That's our game of the week. Jack, I'll start with you. Your prediction for that affair in Baltimore. Uh, For this game, I mean, first matchup we've seen from them since that playoff game, AFC Divisional game, where Titans kind of just screwed up everything. I mean, it was a straightforward shot for the Ravens to get to the Super Bowl. They lost. We saw what Derrick Henry did. First matchup between them since that game. So there's going to be some a uh, little bit of fire um, um, behind everything, um, especially with both those teams. But I mean, both these teams coming off losses. Uh, Tennessee most recently against Indy and then Baltimore, that weird Sunday night game lost New England um, in the rain, kind of weird conditions. But I'm going to think, I'm going to roll with the Titans this game. For some reason, every time Vrabel always finds a way to keep games either really close or he ends up winning games. Um, kind of a weird game last week against the Colts as mentioned but I think the over under currently sits 48 and a half I'm taking the over Tennessee wins 28 23 kind of a close game I'm gonna go and disagree with you Jack I like the Ravens this week and this man I don't like the Titans defense that much I like the Baltimore defense more I think they're more well-rounded as a team and also being at home don't have to travel I like that as well for this team Titans last week against the Colts got stuffled by that Baltimore or by the Colts defense and this Ravens defense is just as good maybe a little bit lower in the rankings than maybe Indianapolis, but they're still capable. And on the other side, I like Lamar to really start heating up in the second half of the season, and it starts this week against Tennessee. My final score, 31-28. It's a little bit high scoring because I do think Tennessee is able to score a couple times on this Baltimore defense, but the Ravens win by three. All right, upside of the week. This one I wasn't too confident of coming into the week, but now after today's announcement, I'm going with the Atlanta Falcons over the New Orleans Saints. It's a divisional matchup. Divisional matchups are always tough and at NFC South the Falcons have plenty of talent and they always play the Saints well and this week they won't be playing against Drew Brees they only be playing against Jameis Winston at least that's not what they're saying they're going to be going against 
Taysom Hill, a tight end at quarterback. He's and got a good arm. Yeah, you were talking about him earlier before we got on the show about how great of an athlete he is. He's a great athlete, but he's only thrown the ball 19 times in his career, and now he's expected to start in a divisional matchup. I think the Falcons are able to expose that. They have a better day offensively, and they outscore and outpace this Saints team. They win by a final score of 37-31. to 31. My upset comes um, from uh, another team deal- uh, going against another team dealing with injury. Obviously, you mentioned Drew Brees is out for the Saints. They're kind of down a little bit, kind of uh, injured a little bit. Browns, on the other hand, Miles Garrett's not going to play against Philadelphia. And I like Philadelphia in this game. For some reason, I feel like the Eagles win games they shouldn't win, and they lose games that they should, uh, shouldn't should lose. Um, so I think Philly's going to turn around and win this game. I don't know how they're going to do it, really, because last week they played absolutely ugly against the Giants. But I think ultimately, uh, Miles Garrett being out, obviously, Carson Wentz has been sacked a lot and uh, off uh, injury the offensive line I think they'll find a way to squeak by in this game Jordan Howard man he's back we'll see how that goes I mean that's the top of another day that running back committee um we know what Peterson's doing there but over under currently sits 46 and a half I'm taking Philly to win 25 to 18 that's my upset before we get to our lock Gold Spencer and then Chris McCoy all right here's our upsets Falcons and Eagles which one do you feel more confident I mean, just coming off the bat, I would have to say the Atlanta Falcons. I mean, like you said, Taysom Hill starting as their quarterback, who is a tight end who's been playing, you know, that flex area uh, throughout the entire season. He did have experience at BYU in college as their quarterback. But when it comes down to it, I think the big key factor is I saw a report today saying Calvin Ridley will be ready. Julio Jones will be back. Matt Ryan will be slinging that ball. Todd Gurley mm. will be running it up the gut. The Saints defense has been iffy all throughout the season, been so inconsistent. So true pick, I'd have to say Falcons over Saints. You know, I have to agree. Um, I think the Falcons are a much easier upset to pick. Um, like Goldberg said, Ridley's back, Julio, uh, you know, Matt Ryan's Mr. Consistent. You know, he's good for at least probably 300 passing yards a game, a few touchdowns. Uh, I'm not a big fan of Todd Gurley, but he'll get the ball up enough. Uh, and also, I think the Browns' run game compared to the Eagles' defense, uh, I mean, I don't think there's been a team in the league when both Chubb and Kamara are healthy that they've been able to stop them. So I think the Browns just run all over the Eagles. Um, that, and as a Cowboys fan, I can't can't give the Eagles any credit here. Right? You know, I no, that's true, though. despise true. that team so much. I'll give you that. I mean, yeah, but Chubb back, I mean, last week, I mean, going out the one-yard line, huh? Yeah. I had him on my fantasy team. I mean, thankfully I still won, but, I mean, that probably killed a lot of people. Oh, definitely. Yeah. And but, I mean, but you guys like the Falcons? We'll see what we can do this week. I mean, I, I picked against the Browns last week. I had the Houston actually winning that game. Um, so they lost. So we'll see if it's back-to-back. I might, I might lose it. We'll see. But I appreciate you guys for backing me up on that. I appreciate you. But, Don't get used to it. Uh, yeah, we'll see you later. But anyway, so lock of the week. Uh, we might have a similar lock of the week. I mean, there's one on the schedule that is just – it's – uh, it's like a highlight. I mean, you can easily see it when you look down. The Pittsburgh Steelers are going to blow out the Jacksonville Jaguars, and I feel 100% confident in that. That Jaguars defense is abysmal. Big Ben's going to light it up, and then James Conner should get back on track. They haven't really been able to get the running game going in recent games, uh, So, but I do think they get it going in this one. 34-10 is the final score. Pittsburgh wins. My lock of the week, a little bit easy, a little bit harder. Um, I usually like kind of going kind of harder routes um, for these picks, but Chiefs over Raiders, I, I can't see it. Chiefs losing this game. I mean, I'm a Chiefs fan. Ooh. I mean, we've seen there's been a lot of talk in the media between both these teams, a lot of hype surrounding this game. Actually, after the Raiders won uh, last game in Arrowhead, they took a victory lap with their team buses around the stadium. A little weird, um, not 
you don't really see that that often. But I think that's just like a type of Raiders thing. Um, we know how their history and how they are kind of as a team. Um, but Chiefs Raiders, a lot of kind of uh, beef's been going on. I think there's going to be a lot of beef in the field. But I think Chiefs take care of business. I cannot see them getting swept over the Raiders. I mean, Raiders are literally a lot of Raiders fans really thinking this is like their Super Bowl. So we'll see how they play it out. Uh, 56 and a half, a little bit high on the over under radar. Um, but I'm going to take the under with the Kansas City win 34 to 19. That's my lock. Uh, Kansas City Chiefs Sunday night against Raiders. All right. So Chiefs over Raiders. And on the other side, Steelers over Jaguars. One of them is a little bit more confident than the other. But I have to get back on track. I had a rough predictions last week. Someone's going to let you know about it here in a little bit. But uh, we'll get to that in a second. So we want to get to our fantasy stardom and sit-ems now. Uh, Jack, I'll start with you for your stardom of the week. Okay, so I've literally been the worst, I think, when it comes to stardom sit-ems. I'm sorry, guys. I know you've been looking at them, and I've been giving you advice. And, Chris, you'll probably mention some of the things that we did last week. I mean, probably one of the worst stardom sit-ems we've segments oh, 100%. We've had. It is the worst. Um, but with stardom this week, I'm going to go with two players. So my stardom and sit are going to be players that in my or on my team or in my matchup. Mike Davis this week versus Detroit. And I know Mike Davis has been pissing off a lot of people he's had the opportunity without McCaffrey in the backfield four straight weeks with eight points in PPR but I'm at a point now you're going against the worst defense when it comes to opposing running backs in fantasy football you got to think this is the Mike Davis week I mean no Teddy Bridgewater as well they got a good receiving core we know that but PJ Walker there now obviously I don't think they'd have the open they don't I don't think they're going to open the playbook as much as they did with Teddy uh, but Mike Davis I think you got to start him I mean put him in your flex our RB2 I think that's going to be a good option for you this week if you he doesn't do good this week without McCaffrey, then you cannot start him for the rest of the season. But I'd say give it a shot. Start on Mike Davis. All right. If you're going against Mike Davis this week, rejoice. Jack has him as the stardom of the week. Congratulations to everyone going against oh, yeah, exactly. Mike Davis. Yeah, exactly. But you know what? Uh, I'll say my stardom, and then I'll admit that uh, I'll talk about last week as well before we get to sit him, and I'll have Chris give his input on it as well. Uh, but my stardom of the week to get your trust back after week 10, Damien Harris for New England. Great matchup against Houston, a defense that's allowed the third most fantasy points to running backs. Last week, Kareem Hunt and Nick Chubb lit them up on the ground, and it's been the same thing all season long. And Damon Harris is the best running back the New England Patriots have, and no matter what Sonny Michelle's health situation is, it should be Harris's backfield going forward. And ever since Week 7, he's had at least 10 carries in each game. Last week, coming off a massive yardage total with 22 carries and 121 total yards, didn't find the end zone, and doesn't really offer that reception kind of value that you might want out of a PPR option, but he should be getting into the end zone. I could see it this week against Houston, and he already gets the yards, so you got the yards to be a safe floor, and I think he's getting the volume, too, in a matchup where I think New England leads the whole way. They'll be running the ball a lot more against the Texans. Damien Harris will be a weak winner this week for your fantasy team in the flex spot or RB2 spot. But I do want to say, Jack, you know what? I'll let, I'll let uh, Chris say it because, you know what? Last week, we were a little bit off, and I we couldn't have done any worse. Yeah, and no, I remember talking about it on Monday night with Dom watching the Vikings game. Um I had the the pleasure of having Justin Jefferson in my as my starting receiver. Um, who we told to sit. You actually said to sit both Vikings receivers, correct? Yeah, I did. Oh both. Yeah, both of those. Jefferson. Both Thielen yeah. and Jefferson combined for 41 points, while the Rams receiver combined for, I believe, 20. Yes, yeah. something like that. Ah, that's a tough look. You also said to start Christian Kirk, who I started. Um, six points. Yeah. 
Jack, you said to start uh, what? Tra- Travis Fulgham. Yeah, Travis, Travis Fulgham. One point eight points. One point eight points. Yeah. <laughs> it was. Uh, oh, and my, I forgot how my sit was. My sit was. Uh, oh, Gronk. Gronk. Yeah, Gronk with fifteen. Yeah. I think the second. What is going on? I mean, I, that was so weird this year, man. Yeah, it's I don't been even know I don't. I don't know how to explain it, but it's a good time. Like you'd think, like, like Justin Jet, they wouldn't go for that much. I mean, Thielen hasn't done anything this year, this past couple weeks, and then he goes for what two tutties? I mean, Goldberg. Yeah. Oh, I mean, that's a we're not even talking. We didn't even mention that. But Goldberg, you were going against Thielen. What happened with that? Yeah, I was going against Adam Thielen. He was the only guy that my opponent had on Monday night. I believe I was up about 19 and a half, something like that. And uh, for some reason, you know, 0 and 9 Kirk Cousins on Monday Night Football decided, oh, it's 2020. Anything's possible. So let's just get the ball down the field, you know, do our job and play like we played against the Packers when we beat them. Uh, But, you know, it. I'm, I'd be lying to you if it did not piss me off that Kirk Cousins only found Adam Thielen in the red zone and in the end zone. I believe yeah. he only had 44 yards but two touchdowns. Oh, that's just that's fancy, man. But we we kept you in your thoughts. Uh, even had Marvin's room playing. Oh, he did. I, he did yeah, have it, going. it was did. just a, it was just a rough fantasy night. But you know what? You'll bounce back. I just add one thing. You know, next time you. You play someone, have them listen to the booth review because if they would have, they might have sat feeling and that could have won you the week. So (laughs) make sure you know you reference it to them. I tell you what, this week I might have to drop the link uh, in the group chat (sighs) for everyone to hear. There you go. But no, but this week is the week we bounce back. We bounce back this week. Damian Harris is going to go off for two touchdowns and over 100 yards, and Mike Davis is going to go off for 80 total yards and no touchdowns, and that'll be a good day for uh, Jack starting with the week. So, uh, any comment on that? We'll see. I mean, again. You got to manifest it, man. I mean, I wasn't as strong, I wasn't as positive and confident about the last one, but now I'm on it. This, these two picks will be for sure this week. I'm, I'm 100% positive. Oh, you said these two picks. Yep. So your sitem of the week is sitem of the week is Ronald Jones versus the Rams. I know Ronald Jones, 191 yards and that touchdown last week against Carolina, but you're playing a harder opponent. I mean, the the Los Angeles Rams, their last six games against um, uh, teams that they played, they haven't allowed opposing running back over 65 rushing yards. Last week when they played uh, the Seahawks, Russell Wilson was the leading rusher for them with 60 yards. So again, he's going to get it's a hard matchup for Ronald Jones. I know you're gonna get a hangover 191 yards last week you got to start him in your uh like a flex or rb2 option but i think you can sit him this week because there's so many mouths to feed in new england uh not new england tampa bay uh, you never know who's gonna get the ball watch this be like a random four net game you never know and then also i'd mention um i think brady had a qb sneak last week as well i think and literally every time in the red zone the goal line you got to understand that that's an option on the table for the buccaneers and brady they like to get that qb sneak in one of the best quarterbacks ever um, when it comes to qb sneaks so again a lot of mouse to feed in um tampa um i'm gonna roll the sit him ronald jones this week start him mike davis sit him ronald jones both in the nfc south well this is tough because uh, i'm doing the same team against that same defense and i'm going back to a monday night game after last monday night was so rough but i'm going with mike evans as my sit him of the week another big name receiver that i'm saying to sit we'll see if it works this time but i feel more comfortable in this than i have in the past because he's got jalen ramsey on the other side they do line up mike evans a little bit more in the slot now with antonio brown but i think ramsey will follow evans more than any other receiver we'll see if i'm 
wrong about that. Maybe he goes with Godwin, but I don't recommend starting any of the Tampa Bay receivers on Monday night. The Rams defense has been stingy all season long against opponent opposing wide receivers. I mean, last week you had Russell Wilson with Tyler Lockett and DK Metcalf. Neither of those two did anything last week in what should have been a high-scoring affair. But this Rams defense, they won pass rush the quarterback almost more than any other team in the league, and that puts pressure on Wilson. It puts pressure on Brady, who's less mobile than Wilson especially. So that's going to lead to less passing opportunities down the field and less points for Mike Evans and company too. So I don't recommend starting any of those options, but if I had to sit one, it'd especially be Mike Evans. It's hard to say Chris Godwin. I would say keep Chris Godwin in the lineup. He can give you a safe floor in terms of his receptions, but I, I could see this being a Mike Evans game where he just does nothing and disappears. It's going to be weird because it's such a wild card with these receivers. I mean, there's going to be at least one guy who's going to have a good game, and it's weird. You just can't really gauge, um, but I agree. I think Siddham would be the Mike Evans out of those receivers. I would say sneaky start Antonio Brown this week. I mean, he's the third. He's been getting more snaps. He's been getting more targets, so um, that's kind of what I have uh, for that. What do you guys think about this game or just any other Siddham starts you guys have might have fantasy-wise? Um, I mean, zeroing in on that Monday night game uh, with the Rams and Buccaneers, uh, like you said, sneaky pick. I wouldn't even be surprised if Rob Gronkowski, I know we're talking tight ends wise, but, you know, the last time Brady and Gronk did play this Los Angeles Rams was in that Super Bowl, and Gronk did go off. Granted, the score was what thirteen to three final. Boring Super Bowl. Yeah, but still, Brady knows how to find Gronk when his receivers are locked down on better secondaries. So start this week. I say Rob Gronkowski. Oh, sit him. Uh, I mean, I know this guy's on my team. I have a oh, couple leagues. Starting with uh, this is this is really hard, but. I think, I mean, like you said, I know we talked about him earlier. I just cannot trust Travis Folga. Oh, no, Folgie. The Philadelphia Eagles are just so inconsistent when it comes to Carson Wentz. I mean, I'm I'm a big Alabama guy. Jalen Hurts, I don't even know if he's the way to go quarterback-wise with the Philadelphia Eagles. But uh, Carson Wentz, man, with Rieger back, too. Fulgham, last week, what? He got 1.9? Yeah, he had a golden matchup, too. Yeah, golden matchup. It was... It was so disappointing. So, stardom, Rob Gronkowski, sit him, Travis Fulgham. I'm going to go with a little bit of a, a bold pick mm-hmm. here. Right. Mm-hmm. Guy, most people probably don't have on the fantasy team, but for the one week and one week only, because Austin Eckler's coming back next week, hopefully. Ooh. Oh, I don't like Kalen Balage is a stardom season. for this week. Guy. He's been averaging around 15 to 18 mm-hmm. touches. He's officially been named the lead back. Um, he's been getting, you know, around three to five receptions mm-hmm. a game as well. Averaging about 15 points a week. He has a terrible Jets defense he's playing against. Sunday afternoon game, I think Caitlin Balaj goes off for, I'm going to say over 100 yards and a touchdown. I'm going to say it. All right. I'm going to go out. And for my sit-em, I'm going to go with Jack and I'm going to go Rojo. Um, yeah. I used to have Rojo in a couple of my fantasy leagues. I traded him away in all of them because I just I just can't trust him. Um, you know, it's twice now Arians has mm-hmm. sat him for an entire quarter because he fumbles the ball. Um, I think he even had a fumble um, last week as well. He did earlier, yeah, in the game. I mean, if it wasn't for that 98-yard touchdown, he would have had a terrible week. So, I mean, I don't think you could trust him. Leonard Fournette in the backfield, he's going to get all the goal line touches. I just I don't see how you can start Ronald Jones consistently anymore. I like those I like, picks. That's a good pick. I yeah. do want you to know, Chris, though, that if you get these wrong, I'm going to let you hear oh, about man. it. Just oh, like you let me hear about it every time I was wrong. So. I'm fully expecting it, but, Dom, you should know one thing about me. I'm never wrong. Oh, oh. I like the confidence. All right. Confident, confidence. man. Huh? So start Damien Harris, Mike Davis. 
from me and Jack. Goldberg says, sit Travis Fulgham. That's tough for him. And also sit Ronald Jones between Jack and Chris as well. So if you have Ronald Jones in your lineup, avoid that as but possible. watch him go off. I mean, Chris did set sit him, so we did get we that, other uh, support from right. people on the show. So... I think my picks are going to work this week. All right. Well, I'm, I'm, yeah, I think we'll I'm see. Right. We'll see. But now we want to move on and just want to talk about some topics. I mean, Chris, you are a Chicago Cubs fan and college football fan, along with Clemson and Goldberg over there. You are a big NBA fan, especially of the Trailblazers. So we're touching on a lot of those points. First with the Chicago Cubs. Uh, we have one Cubs fan in attendance, and that is Chris. And Chris, I mean, it's a different direction for this team than in years past. I mean, a lot of big names could be on the market. And also Theo Epstein on his way out. Gonzo. So overall, from a Cub, yeah, adios. Thanks, Center. And uh, from a Cubs fan perspective, like, what's your opinion on all of this? Do you think they're heading in the right direction, or or is this just a negative sign for the future? Um, listen, I'm a big Theo Epstein fan. I mean, he without him, we don't win the World Series in 2016, which is really all I cared about. I just wanted to see one World Series in my lifetime. Um. But I, I really do trust Jed Hoyer. I think he's done a great job as general manager the last few years. Um, I think he'll be a good replacement for Theo. When Theo's gone, he did say he was just going to take a year off, so maybe Theo will come back. Um, whether it'll be with the Cubs or not, I don't know, but I would hope to see him back in baseball because he's a great uh, president. Um, overall, you know, hard, the man. Cubs are it, – it's a tricky team to judge, mm-hmm. right? I mean, a lot of people thought we were going to be terrible last year and we would win the NL Central – um, then we get swept in the playoffs by the Marlins, which you can't say I'm surprised. Yeah. Um, you know, every time the Marlins get in the playoffs, I think they made it what twice before that, yeah. and both times they won a World Series. So we yep. love what they're doing down in the they are, South. Yeah, they, they're, they're looking good. really good. Jeter, he's building a team. New GM, what's her name? Uh, Kim's? I, I don't know what it is. Kim Ang. It's Kim Ang. Kim Ang. Groundbreaking okay, yeah. move by the Marlins. I like. Win. I like how they're yeah, moving. They're, they look. Yeah. They look really good as a young team. So I can't be too mad about that losing to them. Um, but I mean, I think it's inevitable that we're either going to lose KB or Javi this year. Um, I'd rather see KB go. Um, I think David Bodie could easily replace the third base position. Brian hasn't looked very good the last few years. He's been kind of a kind of a bum, to be honest. He has been, bro. Yeah. Um, the big thing that worries me and. It's been the issue with the Cubs for as long as I can remember is pitching in general. Um, you know, but besides Darvish and Hendricks, we really don't have a defined number three starter anymore. It used to be Lester, but age has caught up with him. Mm-hmm. Um, I guess Alec Mills has showed some sign of, you know, looking good. I mean, he had the no-hitter um, and stuff like that. So, I mean, I, I kind of like Alec Mills, but he was either going to throw a no-hitter or he was going to mm-hmm. give up eight runs in the first three innings. There was no in-between. Um I do like Edward Azale, um coming up. I think he looked good in his two starts that he had. He looked good out of the bullpen when he was there, so I'd like to see him emerge as a starter this year. Um, Jose Quintana will be gone. Thank God. Get yeah. ri- uh, that trade, huh? It was, uh, who did they get? Um, uh, it was uh, Aloy. Yep, Aloy, Aloy. Yeah. That one Aloy still haunts me yep. to this day because that outfield would be nasty mm-hmm. with Aloy out there. Yeah. But, yeah, I don't know. I mean, yeah. I'm... I'm still going to be confident. We're going to hold on to a lot of our roster. Um, I still like our outfield at Hap, Hayward, Schorber. But other than that, I mean, we just got to get the big bats going again. Rizzo had a terrible year. Uh, Baez had an awful year, like almost virtually non-existent, which is what not what what you don't need from your your big bat. You know, yeah. your your biggest name guy on your team is the poster boy of the Cubs, and with a year like that, it's just it's tough. It's gonna be a tough year. 
but I mean, if you look around the NL Central, a lot of teams in the division are going to be thinking the same. I mean, the Pirates are still in a never-ending rebuild. We'll see how they do this mm-hmm. year. They'll be on the bottom as always. The Cincinnati Reds had a big offseason, but they really couldn't uh, put it together on the field. They never reached their upside and their highest potential, so we don't know what the ceiling is going to be for this team. They're really hard to predict. Cardinals, they're losing Colton Wong, possibly Yadier Molina, Adam Wainwright. I mean, you don't know what this offseason is going to look like for the Cardinals, and uh, GM John Mazalak, or president of the operations, he doesn't really want to be aggressive this offseason, too, and a lot of it is due to revenue. So This uh, offseason, though, I mean, if we're being honest here, he really hasn't been aggressive any offseason in the past five years. That's but that's what the goals Paul right? you're but right. That's what I was yeah. going to add, though. Like, I know, because, Dom, you, you were kind of talking a bit before. Uh, I think after, I think it was after, I think Wong, they announced that Wong wasn't going to be back or something. They weren't going to re-sign him. You were telling me how you can tell the car, the cards are kind of getting getting gearing towards a rebuild, possibly. Would you rather have, okay, from a Cubs perspective, a Cardinals perspective, who do you think now is most on it about starting up a rebuild? Who do you think, I mean, who, who do you think is the most, like, on it about potentially going because I think they're both going towards that direction because the Cardinals really haven't been that consistent they're getting old but then the Cubs as you mentioned they're losing some of their guys as well and a god the guy the guys who have been so good for them in the past have kind of been bums like you've been talking about I don't know who's gonna um yeah I would say the Cardinals are probably leaning more towards it mm-hmm. um because I mean he they make no moves during the offseason. I, I can't remember like you said besides the Goldschmidt trade mm-hmm. I can't think of a time that they made a big signing even went for a big signing um you know Theo and the Theo and Jed in the past they've they've tried to make moves you know they've had big signings um I think we just put too much money in certain areas that yeah. you know we really can't get out like I mean I love Hayward but that contract was awful um so I think it's just kind of catch up with us with how many superstars we have on our team on paper anyway they they don't play like superstars no. half the time but I mean you got big names Arizzo, Baez, Bryant Schwarber, Contreras, I mean, a bunch of big-name guys that just don't play up to par. But I'd say the Cardinals, I think, are leaning a little bit more towards a rebuild. Um, I think age is starting to catch up with them. Father time's not been too kind to some of the people on there, but... uh that's just. I think it would sense. be good I, for both. I think. I think in my opinion. I agree. Uh, what do you think? Though? I'm out. I just, as a Cardinal fan, my whole yeah. life, Spencer too. I can't see this team going into a rebuild. I. It's hard. Like yeah, they still. Nor can I? Yeah. If that if they were going to rebuild, that means Goldschmidt would have to be on sale. I mean, maybe Flaherty because we don't know his potential. Like he could even leave in a couple of seasons when he enters free agency. I don't think this team's like they'll maybe make a small move or something like Mzalak. Like I said, he's not going to be aggressive this offseason due to the loss of COVID and how the Cardinals depend on fans more than most teams because in order to get revenue. So that's already a bad sign when your uh, front office is coming out and saying they have to start an offseason. But I mean, the team they have right now is good enough to contend. I think they're 80 plus one team they're not going to win more than 90 obviously but that's good enough to get a wild card and maybe slip into a division like i was mentioning earlier the nl central is really wide open so i don't think a rebuild is completely necessary but it is hard i mean when you think a big picture this team doesn't have the talent that the san diego padres have not even close to the los angeles dodgers teams like that are definitely well ahead of the cardinals and and even the minnesota twins even though they just cannot get it together in october every time the cardinals faced off against them this season it was always a blowout it felt like so mm-hmm. that just shows different levels so the cardinals are in that weird spot where they're not true world series contenders but they're playoff contenders and i i just cannot see them leaving that status yet uh, either going down or going up and that's just how i honestly feel about that team yeah but how long yeah. does it take though before you yeah. realize that that's medi- what i, was gonna I say, mean yeah. you're just gonna be stuck in using mediocrity mm-hmm. i mean if you go to 
go to the NHL. I'm a big hockey guy. Yeah. Look at the Minnesota Wild. That's true. They've yeah. been second round exits every year. And like how what when you get yeah. to a point as an organization and as a group of fans where enough is enough, I either want a full rebuild or we're gonna go on for a playoff push because it's getting it's it's pointless. I mean, yeah, great, you make the playoffs, but if you're a first round exit you just get a worse pick and you stay in mediocrity for a while. I mean, I just don't see the point of yeah. fighting just to be a playoff contender. And that's, I mean, that's what I was going to mention as well, because I just feel like it'd be so confusing as a Cardinals fan. Right now. I mean, I'm not a Cardinals fan, but I just feel like you're not, it's just the same thing every year, I feel like. I mean, you, you made the big splash with Goldschmidt. I haven't really seen much since then, just from the outside looking in. But then you're at a point where you know you're not going to like necessarily win the World Series. Your team's not talent, talently good enough to make it that far. But at the same time, though, you're getting older. It might be time, man. I, again, we got to see. I think if Yachty goes, man, I think it's time. Because that's just like the guy for them, I feel like. Um, but and, but the Cubs need to go, too. I mean, Bleacher Nation came out. There's a quote gearing up for a heavy restart. There's a Chicago quote, Chicago article. Um, Chicago Cubs are stuck in the hangover, I think, of the yeah. World Series. Everyone thinks these names who won it are good. Um, my voice cracked there. Chris Bryant's not good anymore. Javi yeah. Baez, what, statistically the worst hitter in baseball last year. He was up there. Um, yeah. Um, so, again, a lot of restarts. I know, Goldie, you want to say something, but, like, man, I think both these teams are getting close to there, and I think it would be helpful for both of them. Um, but that's just where i got to say with that. Tell you what, one thing, uh, being a Cardinals fan looking in, I mean – I wouldn't say it's necessarily time for a complete, you know, 360 oh, yeah. Yeah, rebuild. Yeah. Not like the Thunder but, or anything. Yeah. you know, I mean, we saw what the Blues did making sure. a big trade for Ryan O'Reilly, and then they won the Stanley Cup. Yeah. Nope. I'd say there are a few players. I, the I don't know yeah, if the players. Cardinals can do that with Nolan Arenado. You know, that would be the dream, but... You know, we've just been disappointed year after year, yeah. so something's got to change. <laughs> yeah. I mean, a Lindor or an auto would definitely change that perspective. I did see today that the Dodgers, according to John Morosi and MLB Network, are pursuing... Nolan Arenado or Chris Bryant. The Dodgers get one of those two. I mean, they're just playing a video game at this point. That entire team is just ridiculous. So, uh, talent-wise, no team in the league comes close to L.A. right now. Mm. And then if you add a player like Nolan Arenado to that team, I mean, it won't be close for the near future either. We'll see, man. I mean, winners make moves, ultimately. Yep. I mean, you that see all the winners in the, every every league you see, NFL, NBA, the winners make moves off-season, during-season, deadlines. I mean, and none of these teams are really looking like yeah. they're going to be the ones that make the big move. Uh, I mean, if the Cards can get Arenado, they'd be big. But again, I mean, even Arenado, he had a career-worst year, I think, last he year. He, he didn't do good at all. So a lot of weird question marks of the Cubs and MLB, but it's, uh, it's always good to see. We do want to move on, though. Yep. Uh, we have other things to talk about in today's show. College football talk, and you're a big Clemson fan. This is a really interesting situation here, Jack. We have a Clemson fan on one side of the table. On the other side, we have an Alabama Alabama fan. So I'm just going to let you two talk for a second. Currently, right now... It's tough because I mean Clemson coming off a loss. Yeah, Notre Dame, man, that was that was a big yeah, win. That was a big win. Fighting Irishman. But I mean, let's be honest. Let's take it with a grain of salt. Um, not that I, I think DJ's a bad quarterback. I think he's going to be very good in the years to come. But I mean, you beat a, a Trevor-less 
Clemson team. With Trevor yeah. Lawrence on that offense, I, I think I think the game's a hell of a lot different. I know, but I feel like a lot of people are using that as an excuse for Clemson. I, I feel like they, literally Notre Dame controlled the whole game and they won they that game. Like it was a good win for them. Oh, I mean, no, they, what, they was it Coach it. Kelly's first win? I think. Yeah. Uh, versus a top five opponent, I think in his tenure at Notre Dame. Yeah. Um, mm-hmm. But I feel like I don't know why. I feel like the Trevor Lawrence NFL distractions like present right now. I don't know why. Um, I mean, because DJ played well, but I don't know. I just feel like I'm not saying he's the type of guy that's going to let it get to him, but I just feel like it's kind of clouding the organization right now. I don't know if that's just me. Just just looking at from outside in, I just feel like that's how kind of it is right now, Clemson. That might be a distraction. I feel like moving forward. What do you think? Um, I guess it could be because yeah. I know, like I said, there's a lot of speculation surrounding if he's going to leave, he's going to come back. Yeah. Um, I personally do believe that if Clemson doesn't win a national championship this year, I do think he will come back. Um, I think really, just, you think he'll? I think that's think just kind of the person Trevor wow. is. I think I think he'll pull a. I mean, that's what really? Sean Watson did. Yeah, um, oh, that's true. I though. think I think he'll do the same thing. That I mean, let's be honest. Who really wants to get drafted by the Jets? Yeah. Um, I mean, Our Sam Darnold's a great quarterback. Jets. Yeah, they know. they need to do something on that team before yeah. they go looking for another quarterback because they're just going to ruin another one too. Um, so I, I wouldn't be surprised. If he stays, like I said, I, th- I think he will if he yeah. doesn't win a national championship. That's big, bro. If that happened, man. I, 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 yeah, I, that, would that would be huge. That would shake up the Mox, everything. Yeah, that would be um, I just, no, I mean, I, I respect that opinion, and I like that. I mean, it's a different look at it. Everyone thinks Lawrence is a lot to go. I just, it's, I can't see him coming back. I mean, there's so much risk to it. I know the Jets are on the other side, so you're on one of the top programs in all college football right now, and then you look at the next step and the worst team in football and the National Football League wants you. But you're that close to that big first paycheck. You're the number one overall pick, undoubtedly. If you stay for one more year, what if he has an injury? And if he suffers a career, not career-threatening injury, but an injury that could be severe, cost him a season, then all of a sudden on the draft board, he might fall a little bit in. That's also one year less of his NFL career, too. So I don't think he risks it, but... I mean, it yeah, wouldn't be. Imp- it's not impossible for him. He seems him like to come a little back. dude, though. I'll be honest. Yeah. He does seem like a little guy. I'd say. Yeah, no, he's say he's a good guy. That, and I mean, yeah. I, I, me and Goldberg can agree that we had yeah. the two best coaches in college football, yeah, and the true. program that Dabo has made there. I mean, you saw it the last few years. The entire defensive line that were seniors came back to play for 2016 to win the championship. Um, Deshaun Watson came back. Travis Etienne came back. I mean, all these guys who you expect to go decided to stay because of the culture that they have there and they want to win championships mm-hmm. in college. I, so I, I, guess I wouldn't be surprised if he stays. So, I mean, just going on Clemson, though, real quick. I mean, their last, their last three games, Florida State, uh, Pittsburgh, and then VTech, I think they're going to win, win out for sure. Um, so that will be them. Do you think – you, so you think they're staying top four for sure? I, I yeah, mean, 100%. At this point, so they're going to get in. They'll stay I mean, top four. Who do, you, who do you guys see rounding up the top four? I mean, do you see any guys like Texas A&M possibly getting in? Maybe Florida. Do you think Notre Dame loses a game? I mean, they still got to play – I mean, nothing too crazy. I mean, North Carolina could be a shaky game for them. I think Notre Dame always blows games late in the season um do you potentially see indiana coming i just want to know where you guys feel with that i mean i'll tell you what uh that acc championship game right now i mean if everything stays true we'd have that rematch with clemson and notre dame mm-hmm. um which i mean as an alabama fan you know i i would love to play clemson again so um I mean, I, I just can't see Clemson losing twice yeah, to the true. same team in the no. same season. Mm-hmm. Um, but another little sneaky thing uh, rounding out that top four, do not be surprised 
if we get an Alabama-Florida SEC championship game, as mm. big as an Alabama fan that I am, Kyle Trask and the boys yeah. down in <sighs> Gainesville, mm. they know how to win games. Yep. Yeah. Right now, even Heisman-wise, I'd put him over Mac Jones. The weapons that early. he has, his numbers are insane this year. And I tell you what, if Florida does beat Alabama, they could jump into that, you know, top four. Alabama will stay at that four. And then the fluctuation between Clemson and Notre Dame, depending on what happens. And right now, I mean, Ohio State is number three, and their record is 3-0. and They got a big game tomorrow uh, yeah. at home against Indiana, who no one saw would ever, you know, they're 4-0 right now, number nine in the country. And I, I'll be honest, I could not tell you one single player on that team. <laughs> no, I don't think no. any three of you could tell me no one shot. single player no, on that Pendix, team. right? Quarterback? Maybe? Hey, but hey, one, one guy, thing. That's all I know. Hey, I'll say right now, you know, we're coming down to the end of this college football season, but it's just heating up. Yeah. I mean, I think I think a team maybe can get Wisconsin possibly. Yeah. I mean, they play two more ranked opponents. They got uh, Northwestern this week. I think they'll take care of business in that Indiana. game. And then they play in the Indiana. I think for Wisconsin to get in, they almost have to have Indiana beat Ohio State mm-hmm. to get that uh, stock which, better, um, which could happen. But I really can't see Indiana losing this week against Ohio State. No, mm. I, which I will say, that, I mean, winning. My bad. It's it's terrible. Like I'm, I'm not going to call it the committee or mm-hmm. anything. That Ohio State is at three right now. I mean, name one big team they beat: yeah. Nebraska, Nebra- Penn State, who's terrible, yeah. Rutgers, terrible. Indiana is your only good team. The rest of their schedule, they have a one and three Illinois team, a one and three Michigan State team, and a one and three Michigan team. Is so, you really going to tell me that's a good enough schedule to be a number three team? You're going based off a of rank. Do you or think based off a name? It's so do terrible. you think it's? Do you think they deserve to be in the playoff? Then? I don't. You don't. I don't think they so deserve it at all. Okay. They have not shown me any reason. Yes, yeah. Justin Fields is a great quarterback, yeah. and they beat teams by a pretty large margin. But if we, we're going to talk about strength of schedule, where is their strength of schedule? Yeah, that's true. Indiana is their yeah, only true. only ranked team. That's you're going to put, yeah. do anything to them. Yeah, and then if they line up against Wisconsin in that uh, championship game out of the uh, Big Ten, I mean, yes, those teams most likely will be coming in undefeated, mm-hmm. yeah. but at what cost? What, like 5-0, and 6-0 and versus teams that, you know, you got Notre Dame right now who's 8-0. Granted, I don't see them beating Clemson again, but no. like... Well, even then, I'd like, I would rather see a one-loss Notre Dame team in the playoff than I would an undefeated Ohio mm-hmm. State I team. completely agree. I when you even, play eight games, it's like... Even maybe throw in uh, Cincinnati. I know they have no schedule when it comes out of the American. Or even BYU, man. Yeah, BYU, tough. week in and week out, are finding hey. games to play. I know this week, I believe it's Northern or North Alabama. Yeah, it is. Yeah. And, you know... Some, you know, hey, that man Zach Wilson, he's a dog, man. He is, man. Yeah. And when you compare him, you got to look at guys. I mean, every single BYU quarterback that they have, you know, they come in off their mission trip. What are they already 22, <laughs> 23 <laughs> years old? Yeah, yeah. And I mean, but they know how to win. Mm-hmm. They do. That's true, man. And. You know, that translates into the NFL, too. I mean, you see, you'll see, you see it this Sunday with Taysom Hill starting against <laughs> the Falcons. Yeah. Now, Taysom. like I said earlier, I don't think that they'll win, but the guy knows how to win, and he, they can be put into any position with their, uh, you know, stature. Mm-hmm. BYU, man. Yeah. I mean, if we're going to also be talking about a team who aren't deserving of getting in smokes real quick, um, Oregon, Pac-12 teams, I don't think no. at all God, they should get no. in. I mean, no. Oregon, they're currently sitting at 11th right now. They got 
four more games, including the Pac-12 championship. They play UCLA, Oregon State, Cal, and then Washington. None of them are ranked. No. Um, I, I don't think they're deserving to get in. Um, no. But it's it's hard to gauge, man. I mean, a lot of these programs, they had no choice. I mean, Big Ten, we know they held out a little longer than a lot of the other programs, SEC, Big 12. Um, but we got to see how it plays out. But I'm, this is shaping out to be a good season. I mean, you mentioned it, Goldberg. It's not over until it's over. A lot of teams coming out of nowhere. We got to see because there's always teams at the top who lose late. I mean, yeah. even Ohio, even Michigan's been terrible, but they do play Ohio State the last game of the year, and that's always close, even though Michigan hasn't won uh, a game like that in forever. Uh, we'll see how that plays out, but it's shaping up be a good year. I'm excited for college football. And a big stretch ahead as well. Make sure to watch on Saturdays and see if all you guys know what you're talking about. So, <laughs> all right, NBA talk. We have Thanksgiving to get to in a little bit, but we do want to talk about the NBA. Uh, and the draft was just a couple days ago. Predictions were all off. I mean, we had uh, assistant coach on the women's basketball team for Lindenwood, Oliver Wiseman, in a couple weeks ago, and he had some predictions right on the nail. I, I mean, I don't know what I was thinking, but I on the show I said James Wiseman yeah. uh, was like a perfect fit for the Warriors. But in the rumors back then, I guess it was a smokescreen that they were not interested in James Wiseman. Obviously, they were, and they fooled everyone else. And I don't think there was any trades on the table either for the first, I don't know how many picks. And that was kind of surprising going tonight. I mean, there were so many rumors. I mean, there were trades in the end, but none for the big top 10 picks that people were concerned about. A lot of rumors about the Timberwolves, too, uh, potentially tr- trading out of that number one pick. But they stayed there. And uh, Goldberg, I'll go over to you for this. So they stayed with the number one pick. They got anything. Anthony Edwards. Edwards, I felt like he was trying to hurt his draft stock on the day of the draft by saying some interesting comments. If you didn't see it, I mean, his uh, interest in basketball isn't as high as maybe others, and he even admitted that, said he was a better rapper than Lil Baby as well. I mean, he has a lot of hot takes, but do you agree with what the Timberwolves did? I mean, could they have found that offer, or did they make the right decision? I tell you what. Coming into the draft, Anthony Edwards really showed himself last year at Georgia. I mean, he committed to, you know, hometown uh, school from Atlanta, went to uh, University of Georgia. Uh, Wasn't a huge name, you know, uh, high school rankings-wise, but he really proved himself. I mean, I can think of one game specifically in the uh, Maui Invitational early in the season last year. I believe Georgia played... Who was it? Either Gonzaga or Kansas? Did they play KU? I believe so. There's always it was, a what, Whatever it was. In the Maui Invitational, I saw this kid. And the dunks and just the overall play that Anthony Edwards has is just an ungodly talent. I'm not going to compare him to any big-name guy right now because I don't really know enough about him to do that. But I do think that what the Minnesota Timberwolves are building in their young system, I mean, you know, they traded for D'Angelo Russell last year. They have Carl Anthony Towns, just drafted Anthony Edwards. That big three stacking up a amazing Western Conference in the NBA. I mean, I'm not going to say they're going to be contending for championships right now, but I mean, shoot, they should make the playoffs at least. Mm -hmm. Maybe even get past, you know, the first round. What do you guys think? I mean, they have the talent to do so. I like what they're building there, but I don't know. It's, it's tough. tough. You think about how low the conference is, though. Yeah. Are they better than any of those eight teams that are on the favorites right now? I mean, when you come – it's it's, tough, it's, it's hard to say. Yeah. I mean, you know – Wait for agency as well. You never Free agency exactly. just started up, and at the end of the day, I mean, we've seen it so much in the NFL. Injuries, man. Yeah. yeah. And even right – I mean – Clay, 
Brutal. Picking a pickup game, tearing his yeah. Achilles. It's awful to see. Mm -hmm. You know, there are so many people that, you know, truly hate the Golden State Warriors. But, like, you just love to see good guys play. And Klay Thompson's one of those guys. I mean, just imagine battling from a torn ACL and in the year of your prime. I saw this tweet earlier. I mean, he was uh, right there. I mean, the Warriors. Think about it. Without Klay... A lot of people don't think they're a top five seed in the West. You have the Lakers, you have the Clippers, you have the Nuggets. I think they're all; those three are all clearly better than this Golden State team right now. Would, Jack, you thinking about? It? Do you agree with that? No, I agree. I mean, I mean, you got to think it's other teams as well. And the yeah. Rockets are going to be out of there. I mean, they're kind of rebuilding, um, but it's going to be shaking up a little. I think. But if Wiseman works out immediately, then I mean, that's all obviously a huge sign and going yeah. forward. But I just don't think this team's a top five team in the West anymore. Too much of it's going to come down to Steph Curry's shoulders, who also is coming off an injury. He's been healthy for a bit now, I believe. But there's just I don't think this team's deep enough, and I don't think. They, if they make the playoffs, I can't see them making it deep into the playoffs, which is hard because, I mean, with Clay, they're title contenders. They're a top three lock in the West, and they're even better than arguably the Clippers and maybe even the Lakers when they're completely healthy. But yeah. right now, they're not completely healthy, and they won't be for the foreseeable future as well. So it's tough to see because, I mean, the Warriors were the most hated team in the league for that one stretch of when they had KD and they were just dominating winning multiple championships, but now they're does that team kind of feel bad for? I mean, because they're not going to be at their full potential anymore due to injury. Yeah. And, I mean, that's going to be, that's going to suck, especially. I mean, a team you thought coming in was going to be contending with the Lakers and everyone um, for sure, but um, going back to the draft, though, I mean, just we're, I want to talk about some players that I thought were good, some steals potentially. Um, I loved the Lamelo Lamelo Lame ball pick. I know I originally was saying that there's no way he's going to go to Charlotte because we know the MJ with the LaBall family and stuff. But I thought the Lamelo ball pick was perfect for them and that kind of like uh, market in Charlotte. I mean, not I a lot of uh, tickets, not a lot of sales going up, merchandise for mm -hmm. um, the Charlotte Hornets. Now they get a guy like Lamelo Ball. I actually saw a report saying how ticket prices have already been going up. Not prices, uh, sales have been going up for them. A lot of merchandise stuff as well. But I love that pick, Lamel Ball. I think he's got the most potential of anyone in this draft. Um, but just some other steals, especially. I mean, Goldberg, you love that Peyton Pritchard um, uh, to the Celtics. That was big for them. Yeah. We were actually watching all the draft together, and uh, Spencer, you were going off. Um, Tyrese Maxey, the 76ers, was big for me. I think that was uh, definitely a good little backup point guard that they're going to be running with um, there. And then also, um, another guy that I wanted to mention, Obi Toppin. I think that was yep. really good. I, I thought my grade on him, and when we were talking about it, he was going to be going top five. A lot of people thought that the Cavs were going to pick him up, even potentially the Bulls. Uh, they got Patrick Williams. A lot of Bulls fans were shaking their heads in that one. A lot of Chicago fans did not like that pick. Um, but they went Obi Top into the Knicks, I think is absolutely perfect for them. I mean, they've failed, I feel like, a lot of drafts. Um, but now they just get a guy who I thought is the best, is going to be the best player from day one in this draft, Obi Toppin. Most potential, I mentioned LaMelo Ball. Um, but Obi Toppin, I think, is perfect for New York. Um, from New York, New York kid, I think that's also perfect for them. Good story with that. So Obi Toppin, some names I mentioned, LaMelo Ball, uh, Patrick Williams I talked about, a little bit of a kind of a suspicious pick, Tyrese Maxey, and Peyton Pritchard, which you like, Goldberg, uh, going to the Celtics. Yeah, the Bulls, I mean, obviously they like their target. I mean, pa Patrick Williams, he wasn't projected top 10 in most of the drafts he would look at, so you feel like they could have traded down at least get something for that pick because you know a team would want to leap over some of these options and maybe get an OB top, even though he fell all the way down to eight, but just reaching that high for a guy like Patrick Williams. I mean, you saw the Bulls fans' reactions on social media. It's just rough, and uh, and I, I just, I don't know. It feels like that kind of pick that a lot of fans dislike from the beginning, and 
a lot of fans are starting to cope with it a little bit better. Like, all right, prove us wrong. That's the right mentality you have after a draft. Your favorite team selects someone you're not really high on. We'll just prove us wrong. And uh, But I don't think he's going to be able to prove anyone wrong. We'll see. I mean, maybe he'll prove me wrong. But uh, but Goldberg, I, I do want to focus before we move on to our Thanksgiving talk. Your big Portland Trailblazers fan even has a Damian Lillard shirt on Dang, uh, from Dang. after the Dang. Oklahoma City game. You already know which one I'm talking about in yeah. the pose You guys as well. know what time it is. It, it, yeah, I guess it's Dame time. It's Dame time. <laughs> it's Dame time. But I want to know what your outlook is on the Portland Trailblazers. We talked about uh, Chris McCoy's Cubs earlier, so now we want to talk about your Trailblazers after the draft and maybe expectations for the offseason as well. I'll tell you what. Coming into the draft, uh, you know, I liked – uh, the Blazers trading for Robert Covington. I mean, they lost a guy like Rodney Hood uh, who did not pick up his option. Uh, but when it comes down to it, they need to pick up on defense. I mean, you saw what they won the first game last year against the Lakers in the playoffs. But then they just got manhandled on all defensive yeah. ends of the floor. <laughs> now, granted, you know, they have LeBron James and Anthony Davis and Kuz and other guys like that. Even, dude, JaVale was going off. <laughs> Who, I mean, exactly. JaVale would play, like, the first five minutes and sit the rest of the game. Exactly. <laughs> you know, they, it's, it's frustrating knowing how much potential um, a fan, like your team that you're a fan of has, if they're 100% healthy. And I mean, Collins going down in that series too. But their draft pick traded away that first round. But in the second round, man, CJ Ellaby, shooting guard out of Washington State. This man, I love lefty shooters. And when I saw, I, I'm going to be completely honest with you guys. When they drafted him, I had no idea yeah. who he was, had never heard of his name. Searched up on YouTube, you guys saw yeah. CJ Ellaby highlights. This man has a shot. He has a clip. He is a shooter if I've ever seen one. And I mean, hey, Washington State, Clay Thompson. That's true. Ooh. I did pull up the gram and I saw him. I was like, okay, this guy's got like 3,000 followers, gonna quadruple by the time the draft's yeah. over. He was verified though. He is. Um, but I was, yeah, he does have a clip, Goldberg, as man. I mean, he's got to shoot. I mean, he can shoot for sure. But I think that was the big thing for the Blazers. I mean, shooting, I think the three ball was so, like, crazy. I mean, I'll be honest. I'm So, like, I'm, I'm okay, I'm a bandwagon fan. I'm a, I'm a bandwagon Lakers <laughs> fan. I, I've literally followed LeBron. I've been a LeBron fan since the Cleveland days when I lived in Cleveland. But I've just kind of followed them forever. That was the most, I'd say, scared I was in the playoffs was playing Portland fresh off of that play-in game series and then now playing against Dame. Um, we saw 50, 60-point performances in the playoff before getting to the Lakers. That was the most scared, I'd say, in a matchup was going against Dame, but they kind of shut him down, as you mentioned, getting manhandled um, defensively on all sides of the floor. I will tell you what. One thing with that series, too, they were just shot, man. They were playing back-to-back-to-back-to-back. Yeah. To back to back. So many games in Orlando, and injuries caught up to them. I mean, you saw Dame went down. Collins went down again. Uh it's it's just it's hard to see a team that you love so much with guys that have so much potential go down from injuries. But this year, I mean, projected starting five, you look at it, Damian Lillard, C.J. McCollum, Robert Covington put into that three, Zach Collins at the four, and Yusuf Nurkic, who well, came back well. from his broken leg, who was out almost a year. 
in putting up the numbers that he did in the bubble, I mean, this Portland Trailblazers team is a team to watch out for. Oh, Chris, do you have some? Yeah. See, Chris hasn't been talking talking much now about basketball. I mean, that's how I feel when Dom brings up soccer. (laughs) You like the Bucks, though. Yeah, Yeah, I like the Bucks. And that that Bogdanovich trade not pulling through, that kind of hurt me because, I mean, the chances are most likely Giannis is going to leave after this and we're going to be back to square one again. You think so? I mean, I was seeing a lot of stuff he he might. I was seeing that he might either. Sign his supermax next year after playing this year, mm-hmm. um, or he's gonna potentially sign a supermax this off season, um, and then obviously be signed to Milwaukee. So I don't know. That's nice. a weird thing. But I think that yeah. Bogdanovich not getting Bogdan, I think, was big. Actually, I don't I think, think it's over though. I, I was seeing also that maybe he just backed out and he wants to get maybe re-signed for more. I think I he'll. He, I think he'll end up in Milwaukee because he's uh, unrestricted. I, I don't know how that. Um, I don't know what his status is for that, but I agree. Yeah. I think he's still got a good shot. I was seeing reports that he's gonna go back to Milwaukee. Spencer, yeah, one. One pick that uh, I do like from them. I mean, I coming into the draft, you know, I saw this guy's name popping up. You know, top six, Jay Billis. Uh, the Bucks stole Jordan Wara one pick ahead of the Blazers, man. That kid is a dog from Louisville. I mean, he can score on all ends of the floor. He's a shooter, and he he has experience. I mean, Louisville, you know, a couple years ago, they didn't know the coaching situation with the Patino, you know, issue coming in there. But Nora, man, he put the team on his back, and he carried Louisville the past what two three seasons so i think he's going to be a good fit coming off the bench for those milwaukee bucks i'll take your word for it (laughs) one one guy i did want to mention though goldberg we watched him actually the first time i've ever seen this i don't know if he's ever if someone of his like status has been drafted but jay scrub Juco. i don't know what school he was from he's from southern logan logan college he's a juco player went from juco straight to the draft i haven't seen i don't think i've ever seen that i mean you were having guys like mile miles powell knock get drafted uh um Devon Dotson out of Kansas not get drafted and you have a guy I'm reading I'm like Jay Scrub from Logan College who is that Juco player of the year gets drafted and he's actually been I think he got traded to the Nets after I believe he's going to the Nets yep but he's a player that a lot of people like and that's crazy to see I mean I didn't even know who this dude was at all and then I just see Jay Scrub pop up on the screen the name so. like Jay Scrub you know he's a ball bro there's, he's gonna be cold he, man but at the same time Scrub I hope he's not bad I, I tell mean, you what if, that. if the Nets cannot pull out the trade for James Harden don't be surprised if we see the next big three in Kyrie KD and Jay <laughs> well well, I don't, I don't want, I don't want to kill that vibe. But Jay Scrub actually got traded to the Los Angeles Clippers. Oh, it was Clippers. Oh, <laughs> yeah, so he got drafted so. to the Nets, traded. So, okay, that's hey, thing that we could see another big three down there <laughs> with could, Kawhi, yeah. Paul George, and I mean, Jay that's Scrub. That's another topic that pisses me off, though. For some reason, NBA doesn't update their graphics on their screen, and a lot of these players are getting drafted. Teams are not actually on. Yeah. Like yeah. you saw, was R.J. Hampton got drafted to the the Bucks, got traded. Uh, someone else and then went to the Nuggets. Yeah. He was traded three times in a span of like one minute, and <laughs> the people in his camera back home were throwing hats yeah, around. Yeah, it was his little brother yeah, gave him a yeah, Bucks yeah, hat, yeah. and then somebody just threw it yeah. behind this there. Crazy, crazy. Yeah. Um, but th- yeah, that's what I don't like about the NBA draft. Um, but I thought it was a good night, and I thought um, there was actually some good talent out there that, because a lot of people thought those was going to be a trash draft after that Zion one, but I thought this was actually better than I thought it would be. I think so too. Mm-hmm. And also, if you want to know if these prospects are legit or not, ask Spencer if they are a dog or not. Mm-hmm. And he's got a clip. That's all you need. And let me tell you, in the wise words of Mike Breen, if they can hear one, bang, (laughs) then... 
they got a clip. And let me tell you, they're a dog, too. You get the bank call, man. That's different. You're a different breed. Yeah. yeah. The, <laughs> true, true. All right. Thank you for that, Spencer. And we'll move on from our discussion of sports to our discussion of Thanksgiving. We're actually all uh, going to a Brothers Giving oh, look at that. tonight. Oh, friends giving. Yeah, friends It's going to be beautiful it will be it will be beautiful but i want to run through this quickly i'm going to go around the table you're going to quickly tell me what your favorite of these categories is in terms of thanksgiving i'm going to go uh revert no clockwise so chris oh. to spencer yes. to jack yeah you didn't no. expect that chris you haven't talked in a bit i want to get you I going know. again i'm not a big basketball guy so yeah. i'm just gonna kind of sit you're, and let you're a big thing you're talking. a big thanksgiving guy big oh, food I love, guy i love me some food okay so this is perfect so here we go your favorite main dish on thanksgiving well i mean it has to be turkey i mean yep. it's, it's kind of like the staple of thanksgiving i mean the mascot for thanksgiving is turkey um i mean i don't know it's just so Perfect, about turkey. Right? I yeah. mean, I only have turkey once a year, and it's on Thanksgiving. Yeah. So you know, That's you gotta, true, gotta eat your fill of it. Oh, yeah. It's what about okay, ma- okay, main side and dessert. Just run with that. Then we're gonna have simple, I guess, <sighs> answers. For side, see, side is tough because like I think there's a lot of good sides. I'm a big stuffing fan. Real like mashed potatoes, but I'm gonna go out on a limb, right? Mm-hmm. Green bean casserole. I've never oh had my it. I've never goodness. had it. Green, green bean, bean casserole. Green Irish spring. Irish spring green casserole, man. It's oh, mm, that is some good. That's stuff. some good stuff. You get the French onions on top of it, man. Oh, oh man, it nice. just it goes good with turkey, man. Like you said, just everything. Oh, green bean casserole. I think it's overrated. I've never had it though. I don't well, know what it. You would say that, Dom. Like. You plain burger eating. Yeah, Dom. I'll, if you guys don't know, Dom is probably the pickiest eater I've ever. Yeah, ever I cannot ever. wait till we wrap around to see what you have yeah. to say, yeah. Dom. And, <laughs> Chicken tenders. <laughs> <laughs> and as for yeah. dessert, um, I'm gonna be basic again and go with pumpkin pie with whipped mm. cream. You know, it's it's another That's basic. Basic Thanksgiving dessert. Um, can't go wrong with it. You only have it one time a year, once again on Thanksgiving. Yeah. So you know, you gotta eat your fill. I tell you what, for me, I'm going to have to agree with you. Turkey, I mean, I love turkey. I actually had a turkey sandwich. <laughs> I had a turkey sandwich for lunch today. Shout out Grandma. So, Shout out Grams, uh, man. I'll tell you. Yeah, uh, she, she made me a little turkey sandwich. but uh, Crust so. cut off or no? Huh? Did the crust cut off? No, oh, she's. I'm, I'm. I'm not that. Oh, okay, no, you're not Dom level. No, I'm not yeah, Dom. Yeah. Okay, no. I don't even cut the crust off. Come on. Not anymore, mate. Well, <laughs> yeah, that's fair. Anyway, uh, for side, you know, I gotta say, this one it's either a hit or miss, and if someone can make this, it will either smack or it will be the worst side I've ever had, and when that is, mac and cheese. Mm, I love me some. True. Good mac and cheese. I, I'm a big hot sauce guy too. On top, I put a little, you know, mm, little drip, drip. Okay, but tapatio, uh, Tabasco. Yeah. What are you gonna say though? But but for your mac and cheese, do you like the breadcrumbs on top baked? I do. Just, I do. You guys don't like Kraft or no? I like it. Kraft is a little basic. <laughs> I'm kidding, I'm kidding, I mean, I'm yeah. Homemade. You know, that's the best oh. way to go. Dom likes Kraft, huh? Kraft mac and cheese. So you can tell a lot by a person that they like bread comes on the top of the mac and cheese. Yeah, and that's true. Though. That's, that's that oven baked stuff's good. It's a good call. It's a good yeah. call. It's the best way. Uh, and for I guess dessert, I I'm a big apple pie a la mode mm, kind of guy. A la mode. Yeah, Ooh. with with a little ice cream on top. So is that what it means, a la mode? Though? Yeah. I did not know that. Yeah. Yes, okay. sir. I did not know that. Um, okay, my favorites. You know what? I'm a ham guy, bro. I don't know why. Really? For some reason, wow. man, my family cooks good. Um, but for some reason, like last year, I think it was just a dry turkey year. It was weird. Mm. You get those dry turkey years yeah. sometimes, um, and it just wasn't hidden. But we had also had ham with it, and that was really good. So I guess like 
right now, if we're talking like Michael Thomas was the best receiver last year, right now, <laughs> right now, it's got to be him for me. Um, aside, I've actually, so I wrote mac and cheese down. I only wrote this down because I've actually never had it on Thanksgiving. I don't know why. Really? For some reason, it's always been like the typical Thanksgiving meal, mashed potatoes, stuffing. But it's also cool to see like what other people have during Thanksgiving. That's kind of different than like the typical uh, family Thanksgiving that we're all accustomed to. But I'd say for me, I'd say stuffing because it's like. I don't eat stuffing other than Thanksgiving. That's the thing. It's like I will stuffing does not sound appealing at all unless it's on uh, that day on Thanksgiving that Thursday. So stuffing for me side and then apple pie too. Apple pie with ice cream is like the best yes, duo I think I can have in a dessert. I didn't know Alamode meant ice cream with it, <laughs> so I guess apple pie Alamode would be my dessert. So ham <laughs> stuffing. I put mac and cheese down because I've never had it before. Hopefully I can get some of that tonight. Friendsgiving, we'll see. And then apple pie Alamode. That's what I'm going with. All right. You guys all have nice little uh, ideas. I mean, Spencer and Chris were actually right about this, so you're wrong, Jack. But the best main dish for Thanksgiving is turkey. I mean, there's just no other answer. I mean, it is turkey. I mean, yeah, it is turkey. A little gobble gobble action. Turkey's yeah, turkey, gobble gobble action. All right. My favorite side, though, that's what? where I get a little bit different. Uh, rolls are my favorite mm. side on Thanksgiving. I just love grabbing all the rolls and putting them on the top of the plate along with the turkey. And I'm just a big roll guy. I'm even the bringing them down to the most that, okay, that right there so far has got to be the most yeah, dry so combo ever. Yeah. Turkey, turkey with rolls. Do you like, even have butter on it? Do you got gravy no, or anything? I don't. Like, I don't have butter on my rolls wait, wait, or my bread. Turkey with gravy though. No, I don't. I don't well, like gravy. I get to see Dom's plate one roll and <laughs> you two pieces. In of the turkey. wise words, me it's and my dry, friends, uh, we had one friendsgiving. Uh, it was we called this the disaster. The plate was, I kid you not, filled with turkey, nothing on it. Salad, no dressing. Mm. God. And mashed potatoes. No gravy. No gravy. That sounds like a very. Who is making plate. these meals? Honestly, this salad. This is the disaster, Dom. Salad without dressing is not actually as bad as you guys make it sound. It's not actually that bad. It's lettuce. It's, it's dry it's lettuce. lettuce. It's literally lettuce. And it's, it's healthy. But right, so you like rolls cooking. And my dessert. It's tough, man. It's really tough. Uh, but as someone that has never had pie. I'm going to say vanilla ice cream. I just love it. After a meal, I just love it. I don't know. I it's just, pie it's hard to explain. Pie I, I might try it tonight. We'll see. It depends Bro, on how we got, full we I am. Three, we got pecan pie, I don't pumpkin like, pie, apple pie tonight. There's I mean, a good chance. Good too. I've actually never had pecan pie. Anymore. Actually, um, there's a good chance. Or pumpkin pie. We have pumpkin pie cheesecake now. Ooh. Because Mason couldn't find pumpkin pie, so we got cheesecake. Oh, that's disappointing. Never had pumpkin pie cheesecake. That's disappointing, man. I was kind of looking forward Dom to that. Don will not eat that. I'll tell you that. Yeah. I, I was going to go for, I'll go for the apple pie. I'll try I mean, it. You can't go try apple pie. pie. Okay, good. I'll try I apple pie. I can't believe you never had any pie. Apple pie? What are you, un-American? Uh, well, no, but I will be, uh... Dom is an alien, if you guys have... I, well, I do have different, I do have different food tastes, I'm not gonna lie, so... Okay, but, so you know, turkey, roll... And, okay, so here's my you, plate... Like, what's your plate like, though? Like, I'm just... You got turkey and a roll. Do you, like, have anything, like... I, I get green beans. We usually have green beans, too. So and you, corn, and corn. So you have literally... I can just see your plate. You got turkey... A roll and green then just green beans. beans. That's like the and corn, driest green, like, and corn. Okay, is, it, is it canned green beans too, or is it, is is it, it green bean casserole? Or green bean casserole? Not green bean, not oh, green dude, bean casserole. You? Man, 
Hey, Dom's a different breed, man. He's built no sauce, nothing. No dressing, no sauce, no hot sauce, nothing. No, no hot, especially no hot sauce, guys. I don't like hot sauce. Hey, I'll bring some Diablo, Diablo tonight. Ah, the old Diablo Ooh, shot. Dom does not like hot sauce. No, nope. couldn't no. take down the Diablo shot at Taco Bell. But yeah. if you guys want to let us know what your favorites for Thanksgiving are, let us know in the replies on our Twitter posts when it comes out after the episode. So look out for that. But now it's time for. The question segment. Spencer and Chris always ask questions for the most part. Chris, we always save for last. Actually, I don't see his question. It doesn't yeah. say his question because he's going to be asking it live in That's person. True. It's going to be Chris. So question of the week you guys live. get to witness live our worst question. I mean, the best question of the Whoa! week live in studio. So we'll get to that at the very end. But first, we're going to start with Brad McClellan. As always, what are you most thankful for this year? Well, Brad, besides you and all your questions that you always That's ask true, us though. every week, we always appreciate that. I'm going to take this in the sports direction. What am I most thankful for? Just how the NFL and all these sports have been able to work despite all everything with COVID. I mean, the NFL, there's it's been crazy at times. I mean, the Titans, you can ask so many different teams, but it's still going strong and they've done a great job. I get the same amount of entertainment watching it as I did last year, but I think everyone's doing great. MLB, NBA, they've all done a great job and bouncing back from this COVID period and giving us something to watch and distract us uh, during this weird time. You want my turn or is it smoke's turn? Are we going, still going clockwise? So are we going clockwise? Are we going Let's go counterclockwise. Oh, okay. Jack now. So what am I most thankful yeah. for this year? Uh, I'd say just like family, man. I mean, I don't know if we're, I guess I'm taking this more deeper, I guess, and not sports related, but um, we do have some sports questions. But just family, good health. I think those are the two things. I mean, we're in a weird kind of stage right now, and I'm thankful that I got to do this show. I got to go to school. I get it. Uh, grateful for the opportunities that I've been given in my life. So I'd say that's what I'm most thankful for uh, kind of, yeah, my life. I'm going to piggyback off you. Yeah. Jack, I mean, one of my professors uh, actually yesterday, which was our last mm-hmm. like in uh, like I guess Zoom or whatever yeah. class, uh, you know, she really put life in perspective, saying that you know we are students that go to a private university yeah. and have so many opportunities in this world, mm-hmm. and you know, I'm just thankful for that. My friends, my family, man, you know, I I love you guys and yeah. I love my family and. Just thankful for everyone. Uh, yeah, I'm going to piggyback off of mm. both of you last to go. Um, and then not go with sports, mm-hmm. even though I'm thankful for sports coming back and all that. But, uh, like, you know, family and friends. I'm, I'm mm-hmm. real close to my family. I'm glad, you know, everyone's still staying healthy uh, through mm-hmm. all this COVID uh, stuff and like that. But, uh, you know, being back here at school, um, being back with hanging out with the boys, mm-hmm. all you guys, um, you know, it's, it's something I really do miss when we're out of school. I mean... Um, yeah, I just kind of sit at home usually, um, but being back in school um, with everybody, getting to hang out, um, I mean, feel like we're doing something every day for the most part. Mm-hmm. So, uh, you know, that's what I'm thankful for, friends and family. Well, I feel like I just like, I mean, I'm a grateful for, I mean, thankful for my family and friends too. I, I just took it in a different direction, I guess. Wow. Don't, fam, everyone listening, don't think this as I don't, man, I'm not thankful for you. Yeah. I just, you know, I'm just more grateful for sports. I'm just kidding. I'm just kidding. I'm just kidding. <laughs> Evil man, huh? Uh, but Jack, I'll let you ask the next one. Okay. Next one from Joe Reed at Joe underscore Reed underscore 14. We always get a question about Chicago. Always. We always get a question about the bears. Um, is there any hope for the bears? There is no hope no. for the bears. You're season's done <laughs> Good. Uh, I don't know what to say uh, your quarterback situation is terrible going to Nick Foles has actually made your offense worse uh, starting he's averaging about under 17 points per game at, for starting quarterback they played 
terrible uh, last primetime game against the they played the Vikings. Yeah, yeah, yeah. They literally had chances to win. They didn't score any offensive touchdowns. The only touchdown they had was Cordell Patterson's special teams touchdown. Um, but there's literally no hope for the Bears. I mean, I feel bad because their defense always plays fantastic and they carry uh, the team each and every de- each and every game. But that offense is terrible i'm trying to think of other adjectives to use for terrible um but there's no hope for the bears i'll be honest they started five and one we knew that was kind of a gimmick uh we knew that wasn't going to continue and rightfully so that didn't continue and right now i would say they're one of the worst teams in the league even with a five uh five game win uh five wins in the uh win column yeah i'd have to agree with you there jack i mean coming in you know like you said they started five and one they've lost four games in a row they play at the Packers Sunday night man there's no hope there maybe you know they might beat the Lions on Thanksgiving but that's gonna be a good game I think Lions actually been playing good recently is that the game I believe so is Lions playing I believe the Lions oh no it's (laughs) 12-6 I want, there, there's going to uh, be a... Okay, okay. Lions play... Right. Uh, Houston. 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 Oh, do they really play Houston? Yeah, they play Houston on That's Thanksgiving. Right. The Bears are off this week. Excuse me. They play them yeah. next. There you go. Sunday night. Yeah, but, I mean, I've had David Montgomery on my fantasy team. I drafted... Uh, what's his name? Who, Miller? No, uh, receiver? The other guy. Their other running back. Oh, Tariq Cohen. Tariq Cohen, yeah. He, real disappointment there. But <laughs> I'm sorry, but... If you can draft a quarterback, I've, I've seen rumors yeah. about Mac Jones, man. Yeah. Going to Chicago. It, it, yeah, and, and I wanted to add on that real quick. And it's not like we're just every single week we hate the Bears. I think what gets me mad about the Bears is some of the fans thinking they actually do have a chance. Yeah. And I'm not just calling fans out, but it really, you guys need to really pay attention. Uh, this is not the year for them, and I don't think in the foreseeable future they're going to be winning games in the postseason. I just, they need to really, uh, maybe different front office changes or something. I don't know what it is, um, but is they're there. Is the answer? Like? I, I, there's a lot of questions surrounding the Bears, and uh, there's no chance they win this year, so I think people need to relax about the Bears. Any bets you have about the Bears do not take <laughs> over. I don't know why my friend was thinking that he could take the over every single game the Bears play. Um, they're good for about, seriously, probably like 17 points a game. So nothing's good for the Bears right now. And I'll be honest with you, uh, the defense is good. Khalil Mack is good. But other than that, man, nothing. Yeah, no. Um, you know you have a serious issue if you're giving Deshaun Kaiser a tryout to be your starting oh, quarterback. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, I, I mean. Shout out Notre Dame. Shout out I mean, he's, he, he's, he's so terrible. Um, I mean, he, oh, don't even get me started on Deshaun Kaiser. He had double the interceptions as he had touchdowns in his rookie year in Cleveland. 11 touchdowns, 22 interceptions, and you're looking at him to be your starting quarterback? Mm-hmm. I mean, I knew the Bears were all smoke and mirrors with their 5-1 and one start. I mean, they beat a rough Lions team week one. Uh, the You know, the Giants, terrible Giants team, a terrible Falcons team. Lost to the Colts. Really, their only decent win is against the Buccaneers. I don't know how they lost. I don't that know game. how they. I don't know how they won the game. I don't know. Yeah. I don't know how the Bucks lost that game. Um, their 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 true colors are really starting to show with yeah. the Bears. Like I said, that defense is great, but I mean, I, I know bad offenses. I'm a Cowboys fan. Yeah, I know a bad offense when I see it. They arguably might be just as bad as a Cowboys yeah. offense. I mean, and the yeah. Cowboys have put up two touchdowns in the last four games. Yep. And again, and don't feel bad. don't feel bad for Allen Robinson either. He had a chance to go to the, the Packers. So I, that yeah. en- enough talk with that out the window. He had yeah. a, don't say sorry for Allen Robinson. He had a chance to go other places. He went to Chicago. He's got to deal with it. Well, hope is not all lost for the Bears from my 
perspective. I'm the only one here that is giving you faith, Chicago fans. Here's why. You play Detroit week 13. That should be a win at home. Playing Houston, winnable game there. At Minnesota, winnable game there. At Jacksonville, winnable game there. That's a four-game stretch. That should be a four-game winning streak. And who knows? They play Green Bay twice as well in that stretch, week 12 and week 17. That should be a 9-7 and seven season at the worst. They could maybe, who knows, in a visual matchup with the Bear or the Packers, I could see them possibly upsetting Green Bay. I don't think they win either game, but it's not out of the realms of possibility that the Bears could pull off an upset, and that would put them at 10-6, and six, which is definitely good enough to make the playoffs. So Bears fans, yeah, I, you just got ripped on by three different individuals in this room, but I'm the last one. I'm the one you're going to remember the most because I'm the only one giving you hopefully faith in your team. And that four game starts. Now, if you lose against the Lions in week 13, uh, then that, I mean, that then you're starting to be concerned. But that Jacksonville game week 16 should be a for sure win. And the other ones should be pretty comfortable wins as well. So, you know what, Chicago, your offense, yeah, it sucks. But your defense is one of the best in the league. And hopefully your offense is good enough to at least beat those four teams that are just up and down all season long. So, you know what, that's my prediction. I think they do win nine games. They finish nine and seven. They go on a four game winning streak. Chicago fans get their hopes up. They lose in the playoffs, but they do maybe make it uh, to there. So if that's what your hope is. Now, if your hope is to win a Super Bowl, Joe, then that's not happening, but I don't think your prediction is uh, for the Chicago Bears to win the Super Bowl this year. All right, moving on. Nick Deppy at Nick Deppy 18 Spencer, I'm going to go to you with this to start it off. Can the Indianapolis Colts defense keep the Adams and Rodgers tandem in check enough to win on Sunday? i tell you what. Uh, coming into this Sunday, uh, I do have... Aaron Rodgers and Devontae Adams on one of my fantasy teams. Um, They've been a deadly combo the entire season. But this Indianapolis Colts defense is just a different breed, man. They're number one defense altogether. Um, I believe number six in passing, uh, running. I mean, Packers got three guys, whether it be – uh, Aaron Jones, Jamal Williams, A.J. Dillon. Swerving but we're Earth. talking about Rodgers and Adams. I do think they can put him in check. Really? Okay. But I think the Packers do get the win, as well as, you know, putting him in check. Devontae Adams has gone for double digits points mm-hmm. every single week this year, pretty much. Now, he has been a little banged up in practice. He did practice today. He should be good to go, according to uh, their head coach. Uh, but they're going to have an off game, but Packers still get the win. Chris, I like um, I agree. I don't. That's very good defense the Colts have. Keep them in check. Like you said, I think he can. They can keep him, mm-hmm. you know, under 100 yards here. I mean, I think Adams is still going to score for a touchdown. He does every mm-hmm. every week. But I don't think the Colts can beat the, the Packers. Rodgers is just – he's playing with a chip on his shoulder this year after they drafted uh, Jordan Love. Um, didn't give him any receiving help. Marquez Valdez-Scanton has been playing great here lately. Yeah, career high um, last week. say 100, 149 receiving yards last game he played. Um, there's a chance Alan Lazard could be coming back. Um Lazard, I mean, when what he was calling his name, Adam, 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 yeah, yeah. Adam Lazard, <laughs> you know. Um, but I, when he was healthy and playing, I mean, he was, he was arguably stepping up into the Devonte Adams role, playing very well. Um, you got Aaron Jones in the backfield. Um, I just, I don't, I really like the Colts team. I really want to like them. I just don't see how they can no. they can beat that high powered offense. Yeah. yeah. I'll keep it quick. I mean, I I agree. I think they do slow Rodgers and Adams down, but 
they won't do it enough to the point where Phillip Rivers is able to catch up with that slow-moving Packers offense. I just don't trust the Colts in that game. And even against that Green Bay defense that struggled on the ground, I think the Packers are able to just outrun that Colts team throughout the game, and they're able to get a win. It might be a little bit low-scoring, but the Packers will come through. Yeah, it's always low-scoring, I feel like, when either the Bears or Colts play. Um, When you mean keep them in check... I'm like kind of what Chris said. There's going to be a touchdown from uh, Devontae Adams, likely. But I like how the the Jags actually played the Packers last week. Um, Devontae Adams still scored, but I don't know what he was at yardage wise. He wasn't go crazy with yardage wise if he would pull it out as long as he can. Um, but he wasn't. I thought they played Devontae well. Uh, I know he's kind of banged up. I think in that game last week he kind of got hurt for just a sec. Came a back ankle injury. Yeah. Um, but I think coming off injury, you got a good shot to maybe potentially keep his yardage low. Let Marquez beat you or let Lazard beat you. Or what do you go for? He had 66 yards. Yeah. Okay, so he still caught a touchdown. But I think 66 yards is solid. If he gets up in triple digits, that's when you know you're not keeping him in check. But as you mentioned, Goldberg, secondary's been playing good. Defense is playing good. I think they have a good shot of um, keeping in check. But no matter what, if they do keep him in check, there's no chance they win this game. Um, that was actually going to be one of my locks was uh, the, um, the Green Bay Packers beating the Indianapolis Colts this week. All right, let's move on to our next question. This one comes from Jonathan McNamara. John McNamara29 is his Twitter user to go follow. If you only have one non-Power 5 team in the college football playoff, would you rather have Cincinnati or BYU? Chris, I start with you. Hmm. I think it'll be BYU. BYU. Um, like I said, I, I think Zach Wilson is hes the truth. I mean, he's a unreal quarterback. I think he's getting criminally underrated doing the Heisman talk. Um I just I'm I'm not too sold on Cincinnati. Mm-hmm. I mean I I know neither of them really have a big win that they can get themselves in, so I don't think they will. I would like to see a non power five team get in. Um I know I've talked about this before. I'd like to see the, the playoff expand to where a non power five team gets in because I'd like to see them get to show that if they're if they're really worth their number eight ranking or not. But um I would I would take BYU over Cincinnati if it was to start today. Think so too. It's about who would you rather want in there, and BYU is more fun to watch with Wilson and company. I would quickly say BYU versus Cincinnati. I'd actually say Cincinnati, and the only reason I say that is because they have the schedule potentially maybe to get in. I don't think either of these teams are going to get in. Um, but if you look at BYU schedule, North Alabama, as Spencer you kind of mentioned a little bit ago, and they play San Diego State, they kind of got screwed over with their scheduling. They had actually a harder schedule before the COVID stuff hit. But Cincinnati, they play UCF, who was ranked in the beginning of the year. Um, they have two losses. But they're still a kind of higher ranked team. They're not in the top 25. They got Temple and they wrap up the season since he playing Tulsa, who's actually ranked. Did you see that game last night? A Hail Mary win for yeah, Tulsa. Double overtime. Double overtime. So um, they have the schedule potentially to possibly make a run, including the AAC uh, championship. Um, we got to see where that plays out. But I think Cincy, for me, just because they have a better opportunity to get in, but I do like BYU. They're a fun team to watch. Uh, um, it's it's a toss up right here. Um, short and sweet. I'll go Cincinnati. I mean, like you said, Tulsa had a great win last night. Uh, they do have the just better schedule. I mean, BYU is just calling up teams left yeah. and right throughout the nation that are have that open week to play. Um, one guy to watch out for for uh, Cincinnati quarterback Desmond Ritter. Big guy. He's been playing well this year. Yeah. Right? I've been focusing on Cincinnati too much, but he's been playing well. I've been hearing his name Spencer, a lot. Spencer, would you say he's a dog? Is he a dog? You have the clip? I don't know if we're going to throw that word around so okay. easily with him. That's fair. But one man <laughs> that I can toss that around, oh. Mac Jones, oh, a.k.a. Oh, the God. Joker. 
And he why, is, why is a, his name the Joker? Dog. a dog. Dog. Why is he the Joker? Right? I'm just uh, curious. I believe. Are you just making no, that no, name? No, on no, the spot? that's his nickname. <laughs> oh, okay, okay. Uh, it's it. it's the way he laughs. I believe. Okay, so oh. okay. I'm wondering why you just threw that out. But he's a dog. Mac Jones a dog. He's a dog. Potentially, what's his name again? For uh... Desmond Ritter. Desmond Ritter. All right, okay. great way we'll to say is. that. I'll just take this one. Uh, it's a soccer yeah, question. Yeah, I don't know this at all. Goldberg, I uh, soccer. Oh, yeah. Go, oh, yeah. yeah so, well, do you know, Chris, wait, but, but Spencer, do you know this time of soccer? So here's from Mateo Mendoza at M-A-T-E Mendoza on Twitter. Who is the top contender for the Bolivian Soccer League uh, for this upcoming season? I'm actually going to go with San Jose. They finished fourth last season in 26 games, only lost six games in that year they scored 32 goals compared to the goals they conceded so a lot of upside on that team then obviously a chip on their shoulder after finishing fourth a little bit of ways to go they felt they were behind 16 points last year otherwise they would have been top along with Wil- Ulsterman but I do believe that San Jose bounces back this year but here's some of the team names I want you guys to know second place was the strongest that is the team name the strongest number five always ready uh, what else is out there there's blooming business is blooming and blooming me and then the last second to last team the destroyers the destroyers finished second to last however i feel like you can't have i I feel like you can't have that name uh if you're the destroyers and finish second to last and also have the worst goal differential in the entire league but they did finish second to last i know we have three bolivians in our fraternity uh so sergio guerrero diego lopez and mateo mendoza maybe well sergio and diego probably know something about this mateo the one that asked the question eh, maybe not so much but if you guys are fans of San Jose, they will win uh, this league's Bolivian or this year's Bolivian league. I don't think you've watched one Bolivian game. Have you? I've actually, well, really, I've, I've okay, watched okay. highlights. Okay, I've watched okay. highlights on okay. ESPN. I knew this was. A, I, we know this is kind of a just a rigged up question. Yeah. Is it? Yeah. I mean, I'll, I will tell you this. Coming into that question, I knew absolutely nothing about the Bolivian soccer league. But now, uh, but so I, I looked it up. ESPN the. Um, closest thing year to date was two years ago and uh i'm gonna bring this up here it's just awful uh the headline says Bolivian referee dies after collapsing on pitch. Chris is laughing. So, I mean, that should tell you all you need to know about how ESPN uh, covers, covers yeah. the Bolivian Soccer League. But, Dom, I'll piggyback on you. Let's go San Jose. They did Strong win. The they did Destroyers, baby. San Jose finished two uh, finished first place two years ago, so they have experience at the top, so I think they bounce back this year and get like back. It. The Destroyers also finished last in that previous season, so this team sucks, but they are Pull called the Destroyers. City. They did. Yeah. All right, I'll ask the next question. Um, from a Tamadoza, back-to-back, um, what is Dom's record as a manager for the Fidel softball intramural team? Um, I mean, uh, Dom, you care to answer? I mean, you were, yeah. the, you were the manager, technically. Okay, so this past season was a rebuilding year. We did not win a single game. We were 0 for, six, I don't know. I oh, no, we uh, played more than 6. 0 for 10. 0-10. I mean, I'm not going to put the blame on the players. I'm going to put the blame on myself. I could have mm, put better yep. teams out there each week, but I did not. But it, my, that's not my overall record because we uh, had an intramural league my freshman year no sophomore year fall of my sophomore year and we finished over 500 third place the top co-ed team in the league there was two teams that were not co-ed in the co-ed yeah, softball the co-ed league. league they finished first and second we finished third and as the best team so it was a little bit of a down year but i look forward to getting back on track uh next year you guys have all participated in some form uh with our softball teams do you guys have that same optimism yeah i mean very professional answer from you thank you i mean but you got to realize i don't think it was necessarily the lineups you put out 
I think it was you putting us in a league with 40-year-old dads yeah, who were just raking. I mean, that, these guys, this, we played this guy. I forgot his name. It was like Larry or something. I don't know who it was. <laughs> I Usually his name. Wait, who, I forgot who it was. I don't uh, remember his name. Dude, it's like he's been in the league since like 79 or something, and he just hits like dongs. I mean, like yeah. it's like no joke. I mean, Dom putting us in this league. I mean, we're literally the youngest team out there. I mean, yeah. we got railed. 0-10? Oh, A year? lot of a potential there. I mean, we were so young. Is there? Already. I don't see the potential. Yeah, I don't. I never. Uh, I didn't play a single game, but I was there for him. And let yeah. me tell you, I didn't see any potential on that team. Chris, the games you weren't there were our best games. However, we almost were able oh. to uh, win a couple of yeah, those games. You know, Jack, I think you might have. No, I don't know who was there, but we were there. We were down by a couple runs. We didn't come through in the end. It's hard, man. It's I mean, tough. We're playing softball on a baseball field, so it's hard to yeah. hit longs, but like, mm, yeah. You see, um, when you said almost got wins. The last time yeah. I checked, almost yeah. wins. The parting, uh, the parting game for me, I took a softball off the gut. Uh, <laughs> oh. Hey, man, you took that. You took that like a champ, dude. Man, there was a, a there was a huge bruise yeah, on my stomach. Yeah, you got. Literally got, like a massive. Like, I, did, I did finish the play though. I did. did. Yeah. I mean, that, that last game in general, like, yeah, didn't, a, uh, no, I did not suffer a single injury that game. You oh, did. Yeah, Dom, did Dom's injury. Oh, the face and right oh field. yeah, we uh, had our right fielder uh, get. I'm I'm sorry to bring this up on the podcast, but yeah, our right fielder got hit in the face by uh, by a pop up. <laughs> I'm sorry about. Oh, I that. also kind. I was pitching that game. I counted 17 errors in the field. Um, that's wow. not a good performance. No. <laughs> 17 years no, in the field. I'm pitching out there. I'm like, okay. Well, do you count the one that went off someone's face? They dropped it. Yes. It was in their glove <laughs> and it went into their face. That's an error. And they dropped it. That's an error. That, yeah, I, I agree. I agree. It's just, it's tough. A, it's tough, man. 17 years, man. Right, we'll bounce back. We'll bounce back. Yeah. Uh, this next question. Wow. It, it is. Okay, so. Uh, yeah, and he just took whatever Google suggested. So, uh, Brock Timmons at Brock MT1. How long does the sun set before the dove dove reaches the mayonnaise? So the bird, the dove, reaches the mayonnaise. I'll read it again. How long does the sun before the the sun set before the dove reaches the mayonnaise? I had to read it that many times because I just uh, simply I think, I think uh, there's a there's a function in your phone where you can just click the next word up. Yeah. On your iPhone. I think but, Brock was just literally clicking that. I mean, but, I think it's a legit question. I've it done that before. Question. It is but a legit question. There is an answer to this. <laughs> I'm curious as to what <laughs> And that is. There is literally no answer. Uh, well, <laughs> 29 minutes. All right, there we go. Okay. 29 no, minutes. See, I, I think it. I think it decides on like you know the circumference of the dove or something like that, That's or like true. how much man is we true. talking about. Depends like, on how big that true. dove is. But, I, I think that's what it is. I'm like, what sun are we talking about here? Like, but how yeah. does that correlate to the dove reaching the mayonnaise? What a, what moon and sun are we talking is about? Saying, are, like, like, is this some type of ancient sundial of the Aztec? This like, it's like out of a poem. This one from Brock. I mean, it's basically I mean, out of a poem. It's giving me goosebumps just hearing. Is this Shakespeare? I mean, it I, might it be might, Shakespeare. I don't know. It might be. It, it sounds Seuss. like something he wrote. I'm pretty sure I heard that in like. Hamlin or something like that, right? But Brock congratulations, Brock. I would have to say that is probably, you know, I'm going to say that. That is the worst question in the history of the booth. No, it is. Wow. There's no, there's I'm, no, I'm going to have that, to say that. That is the worst question we've ever received in the show. Yes. And I'm, I'm I'm being funny, but that is, I don't even know how to laugh. Like, <laughs> Shout out, Brock. Hey, shout out, Brock, though, man. That's, that's, that's yeah. one of the boys. But if that is, uh, you know, you, you didn't ask, ask us a question this season, this semester. 
but you come fired out of nowhere with this question. This is the worst question I've ever made. Well, we're still thankful for hey, all the still, questions. Oh, hey, are, we're thankful for everyone, man. Yeah, so, I mean, you should be still proud of this to get this kind of reaction. But, no, you did have the worst. Yep. All right, next question. Last question before we hit the Chris McCoy question of the week. From Mason Rice at Mason Rice 19, what are the chances Chris or Spencer replaces Dominic on the booth review after this week's episode. Zero. Very high. I think it's very high, man. Zero. Potential in these guys, man. Wow. I just I mean zero. Looks like Dom's had to start a new podcast. I mean, I'm not the one yeah. that that told you to not start the Minnesota Vikings receivers site. So I think Dom, I think you're stuck. You've had after a lot of hot out. takes. Remember the uh, yeah. the tweet you sent out about uh, oh or Rosarina Remember that Rosarina yeah. trade being yeah. a good one. I mean, that, that, I have so any why, hot takes like that, man. You know that's fair. That's fair. But I did say last week after Jackie was starting of the week with Travis Fulgham, I did say watch out for all the new weapons in not the new weapons, but the re- weapons returning in Philadelphia. And guess what happened? Travis Fulgham got shut down. So you know well, for everyone. But Eagle, I think the entire yeah. Eagles offense got shut down. Correct. I think we're cool. losing focus. We're, we're talking about you, though. We're not talking about me. Yeah. Oh, no. But the question's about you, I just, and I think your stock kind of just was falling. After yeah, it, it's been falling pretty hard, man. I mean, <laughs> I'm just trying to figure out, like, why like I would Mason be replaced out, instead man. of uh, Jack. Like, Mason wants you out. Are we going to have a little vote about this later? Like, Put it out yeah. on the booth review. Who should get voted off the show? Hey, maybe you guys could do your first fleet. I, I hate those. Actually. No chance that we shout do out Pat McAfee for the fleets. Uh, <laughs> great, great, great. But uh, Mason, you—it's uh, still not the worst question of the week. I mean, that will Brox will never be beat. But well, it might be beat. We don't know what's about to come I'll out of the mouth. The uh, but everyone, Chris McCoy, question of the week. Go ahead. All right, gentlemen. At crispy yeah. underscore cream 42. Can't forget that part. You know, I, I put a lot of work into finding these questions every week. I don't know how I do it. I really don't actually yeah. put a lot of time in. I just go to Wikipedia and look up weird sports. Yeah. So my question, who is your favorite to win the 51st Japan Cycle Ball Championship? That's a competitive uh, tournament, though, if you think about it. One of the best I've seen in... Looking at it through, man, I, th- I really think there's a good opportunity um, for some of the players on the team. <laughs> I'm trying to sound like I know what the hell I'm talking about. But, uh, Have you guys ever seen Cycle Ball? Listen, I'm not going to lie. I looked up some highlights what of Cycle Ball. It actually it looks awesome. Like that, w- that would be fun to play. If I could ride a bike, I would. Wait, so what is it? You just ride? It's, it's literally soccer, but you're riding a bike and you're kicking the ball with like, the yeah. tire of the It's like the, a mixture of soccer and handball on like a bicycle. Yeah, it's pretty I, cool. It, it is pretty cool. I don't know. I don't know how they have all these points. I'll be honest. This is, a good, this is a good question, Dom. Come on. I know you're trying to look at the rosters. and I, I simply th- cannot find a single <laughs> site See that, for every, this. Just so you guys know, every time we get a Chris McCoy question, Dom acts like he knows what he's talking about, but he just looks it up on his computer, and he can't find any information this one. Uh, I think so, Chris really got him stumped this week. But see, this isn't even cycle ball. This is indoor cycling. Like, cycle ball. Are we sure you're not making this up? No. I can 30, we you. said 31st annual. 51st, I can, I can confirm this is a real sport. I, I will say it is tough to find because, I for some reason, the cycle ball league runs in with the indoor cycling thing over there. I don't mm-hmm. I don't know why. I guess that's just not a big sport yet. Yeah. So it's on the come up, though. I mean, 51st annual in Japan. I, I mean, that. I mean, I think it shows to me that it's, it's an up-and-coming like, sport. Where do you even see that? I'm, like, Googling the exact words. You, 51st just, annual cycle. Oh, 51st. Yeah. That's why, man. 51st. <sighs> 31st. 31st. How long has this been going? 51st annual. Well, I believe 51. This... It is the 51st annual, correct? <laughs> so it would be 51 years. That's a long time. I we got to stream that somehow. Maybe ESPN might... 
carry him? I don't think they would. The Ocho. The Ocho. Honestly, that's the kind of thing that would get a decent amount of viewers, I bet, from ESPN is the wackiest sports. I mean, shoot, I'd watch it. I would watch it. Just looking at highlights, I mean, it looks like a good time. All right, so we have maybe five viewers total for Cycle Ball, the 51st annual Cycle Ball competition. Chris, I simply don't have an answer for this. I just couldn't Mm. couldn't find it. This is the the first one I left me completely speechless. I congratulate you for finally getting uh, me to just be silent. So I I try. I try my hardest. Mm -hmm. Yeah, I got to find the weirdest sports out there. Did you know that at one time they had elephant polo Mm. in Thailand? That would have been right up there with Cycle Ball. He is not with that, huh? <laughs> Probably No, not. they were not. They, they, they no, got they, it shut down in, I think, 2016. They got it shut oh down. Oh, man, Peter. Uh, that's hilarious. But, you know. Um, but, yeah. That's well, it, man. That is it. And that's it, it, it for 2020. Yep. Spencer Goldberg, Chris McCoy, I can't thank you enough for taking the time out of your Friday just to be here with us. Uh, I hope you really I hope you guys enjoyed your experience here in the interview. I did. Thank you uh, for having me on again. Yeah, you know, like I said, the second time on here, uh, I enjoyed every time, and I uh, look forward to the upcoming uh, podcast. Mm. Oh, well, I appreciate it, Chris, and I appreciate you as well, Spencer, for your enthusiasm Very throughout huge. the entirety yeah. of the show. What am I thankful for? I'm thankful for everyone in this room besides Jack. But for this week, I'm just kidding, Jack. I'm, I'm a little bit thankful for you, too. But for this episode of The Booth Review, that'll do it. Episode 44 and our final one of 2020, Jack Leach, Spencer Goldberg, Chris McCoy, and this was Dominic Osher. Thank you for tuning in. We hope to catch you guys in 2021 right here on The Booth Review. Peace.